Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. He's Vic Mattis. This is your morning show for any hour. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm really seriously considering doing uh, another dental procedure. Like, I <laughs> Just am. for fun? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because okay. I basically gained back all my weight. Aw, oh, man. And, and I really think that the liquid and soft diet Mm-hmm. Uh, it really works. Well, for yeah, people. I mean that'll really trim you down. Uh, I mean, it made me really cranky, but also it made angry. Yeah, but that's true. Irritable. It is uh, only so much is, yogurt I could have. The know. truth isn't in the scale, though. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's because not you got to build muscle. <laughs> oh, and yeah. You can't well, be, I tell myself you can't be that. concerned with that number. No, yeah. And it's really anytime I gain weight. Well, you know, it could be. It could yeah. be muscle. You, you know, because Steve likes to occasionally get up to two hundred, Steve. But that doesn't mean two hundred, Steve is is not. Bill, you know, that's more, no, no, he's more a, muscle. He's a beast. Right. He's a beast. But isn't this what some people like do? Don't they don't they do things like the wiring of jaws and stuff so they Oh, that's chew, a real thing. Now right? this is this is outdated and by the way <laughs> by the way reflects a very unhealthy relationship with food. But I believe in the real world to San Francisco. Oh. <laughs> great episode great fam- series great famously season. this is a real timely reference. Famously Tammy one of the members of that household had her jaw wired shut to I believe for diet reasons. That, right, which means, it doesn't mean you can't open your mouth at all, but it means that you have no, it just restricts little chews. You, it re, no, it just restricts you to the, I believe, the liquid diet. And it was it was controversial even in the 90s. It was like, okay, I know we're heroin chic, but let's not. So you're saying that if I asked for that kind of a thing, that they would be like, they'd have reservations giving it to me. I think so. <laughs> and you shouldn't go on reality TV to talk about it. No, no, you shouldn't. I'm just kidding. You should. That's reality true. TV is toxic, <laughs> and that is exactly where you would go to talk about it. The uh, Well, it becomes tiresome when you're chewing that. It becomes tiresome. Yes. Like little, and you just give up. Isn't that also an outdated diet thing where you're supposed to chew 100 times before you swallow your food? Yes, that's right. That's right. I reject all of these things. I just want to, I want to eat a lot of food and I want to work out a lot. I was forced. I had so much pizza this weekend. It was ridiculous. Oh, you were forced. I know. I was forced to. I don't want to see anything wasted. And it's just so much food. And at least it's not Chicago pizza. No. It's just like a full casserole. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. speaking of which. I don't think there's anywhere around here you can get real Chicago deep dish pizza. Here, meaning in the Washington D.C. area, there was uh, they used to have Uno's in Georgetown. Yes, Do you remember that? Yes, that's gone. There was a place that claimed to be uh, a Chicago deep dish place, but I I haven't gone in. The the owner, well, it's 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 an Indian run establishment. Okay, okay. So I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, I've gone to plenty of pizzerias run by Greeks and so I take it you're not anti Chicago pizza. No, I like it, but it's, I like it too. It's I, an entirely different thing, though. This it's is this is where I am, where I'm like, I'm sort of like this on the chicken sandwich wars as well, where Chick Fil A is just like a different kind of chicken yeah. sandwich, yeah, a league of that its is own. cooked differently and yeah. is not quite as breaded. And to me, that's a whole different category yeah. than Popeyes or the various chicken biscuits, including Bojangles, which is of course my favorite, that are more breaded. It's just completely different foods. Yes. And I, that's how I feel about deep dish pizza, which I do enjoy, although I can only eat about three quarters of a slice. Three I'm quarters done. of one? I thought you were going to say three quarters of the pie. No, it's, no, three quarters it's, of a, it's slice. a stamina game. That is a... Yeah. Whew. Yeah, it is. And I always tend to almost get the same things, which is, you know, pepperoni, sausage, and everything in yeah. there. It's, it's a real treat. I can't it's hate on it. Treat. I can't no, hate on it. This, no. uh, this weekend, we got the... Uh, Got a little, we, we got a little sprinkler pad out. Like, it's just, you know, we just ordered it from Amazon. Uh, okay. Okay, so, you know. Oh, I know what, You yes. know, when we were kids, we yeah. had the, just the regular sprinkler. Like, okay, right? yes. You know, like, yeah. a, just a garden sprinkler. Yeah. Good luck, kids. Yeah. Have fun, yeah. right? Right. They have 
fancier stuff for kids now. Like to jump around. You jump around in the yeah, sprinkler. So yeah, so it's like a pad that sort of fills up a little bit so you can keep your feet cold. And then it, then it like sprays on to the pad. Mm-hmm. And it's good, built for dogs as well because oh, we didn't know if the dog it. was going to no, play with I it. bet. Actually, the dog was not that into it, which was really weird. yeah. It's so hot. Um, but the kid, we're like, ah, well, this will keep them like occupied for thirty minutes. Three hours they were in that thing. Three hours. Pruny, getting pruny. And I was like, okay, this works out for me. Great. I thought you were going to say that you got a slip and slide. No, but I have constructed a slip and slide before. Once a, in my early thirties, pre kids, <laughs> a very industrial sized. I'm talking like yeah. at least a hundred yards, hundred feet. What, what was it? What was it? Yeah, it was like it's not a, not the length no, of would, a football field. Not the length of a football field, yeah. but a long it would one. take yeah. a minute or mm-hmm. two to walk from the top to the bottom. It was very long. But it would, but it would take great skill. To, I guess with the length of it to just stay on the course. Without. No, it was very wide as well. Oh, so it was like a whole tarp that goodness. we built. So it was just and like, then it had an irrigation hose mm-hmm. spring on it, so it would stay wet. Slip and slide royale. Yes, it was. It was legit. Good. It was legit. So you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. Yes, and then the baby got in the water for the first time, so that was exciting. With her, I have a little bathing suit. This bathing friend bought me suit, that has yeah. uh, that has a bulldog on it, so nice. it's UGA style. Yes. And she got in the water for the first time and seemed to. Well, I wouldn't say love it, but was not against it. <laughs> And Getting Steve, the, the sprinkles and everything else. Yeah, and else Steve didn't go easy on her. He kept spraying her. And I'm like, oh, okay, can we <laughs> take it easy? I'm sure he enjoyed that. Gen- some gentle dousing of the yes. baby. And, and she was fine with it. She was like, ooh, what is this? Is, now, when, when, they, when, when she gets older, like, you know, another year or two, mm-hmm. you go, if you do the pool thing. Do you do the water diapers or you just I mean, wing it and hope for the best? I, I do the water diapers because you, you uh, want to look like you're trying. You want to look like you're trying. That's well, the most important well, it's considerate. thing. considerate. Yes. So somebody else is there. You're going to see the baby. They go, oh, okay, the water diaper. Oh, Thank God dear. for the water diaper. Yes. No, we do We do the water diaper. Okay. So we were just, uh, or you could just take them to a lake and then you don't have to worry about oh, that. Oh, it's a free for all. <laughs> Even for adults, too. Let's right. be honest everybody's, here. Let's be honest Everybody's here. safe at the lake. Yeah, Who you cares? You get these warm currents from time to time. Warm currents. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hmm. Well. Well, we got news. We got news, Vic. Uh-huh. Studies, things. There's studies. There's important news mm-hmm. to tell you. I, I've used news in quotes because this uh-huh. is a very now it can be told. Oh, it's yes. one of our favorite categories. News from six to eight to 12 months ago from the New York Times. 362 school counselors on the pandemic's effect on children. Anxiety is filling our kids. Vic, I ask you, who could have predicted this? No one. Nobody knew this was Literally coming. no one. I'm going to read the first four graphs just because it gives you yes. a good idea of where yes. we are here. Yes. American school children's learning loss in the pandemic isn't just in reading and math. It's also in social and emotional skills, those needed to keep and make and keep friends, participate in group projects, and cope with frustration and other emotions. In a survey of 362 school counselors nationwide by the New York Times in April, the counselors licensed educators who teach these skills described many students as frozen socially and emotionally at the age they were when the pandemic started. Something that we continuously came back to is that our ninth graders were sixth graders the last time they had a normative uninterrupted school year, said Jennifer Fine, high school counselor in Chicago. Developmentally, our students have skipped over crucial years of social and emotional development. Nearly all the counselors, 94%, 
said their students were showing more signs of anxiety and depression than before the pandemic. 88% said students were having more trouble regulating their emotions, and almost three-quarters said they were having more difficulty solving conflicts with friends. We have so, so much work to do to fix the problems that we caused. And by we, I mean y'all. But seriously, I do think when it comes to these things, what they're going to say is the same experts who told you that remote schooling was fine and the unions are going to say what we need is for you to trust us Mm -hmm. to solve this problem. And by the way, we need a lot more money and more people. That's how we're going to do it. More funding Mm -hmm. for this. Don't trust them. I I don't know. Your girls are probably not old enough to notice the difference, obviously, with with this. But I mean, that that line really stuck out to me about the ninth graders were sixth graders the last time they had an uninterrupted, normal pre-COVID school year. So like where my daughter goes to school, it's a public it's a public school had a great reputation. It was like a real draw for people in their area. Like you wanted to live there because you wanted your kids to go to this school. Right. And it's been there forever. Uh, the year that everyone came back, they had problems. Physical altercations. Yes. Uh, a kid brought a taser in, Ooh. you know, uh, craziness in the bathrooms to the point where if you use the bathroom, you actually have, the student has to scan like a QR code so they know who's going, Whoa. when. Which like, it's like Oz. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's Yeah, it's there's, crazy. Some, there's some quotes to that effect here. Among them, if what they are asked to do requires critical thinking of more than or more than 10 minutes of effort, many students struggle, become frustrated, and refuse to do the work. Mm-hmm. Another weakness is social skills. 60% said children were having more trouble making friends, and half said they were, they had more, been more physical fighting and online harassment of peers. There is horrific violence yeah. and bullying, said Elena Casey Mangrum, a counselor in a Pittsburgh elementary school. There are physical altercations every single day. Yeah, I believe it. Which, you know, is kind of like my middle school. But, you know, it's, I, th- well, I feel like was, my middle school was an outlier. But that was different. No, this is like, you know, you know what was on recently on TV was uh, Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman about the real-life principal, Joe Clark. You know? Oh, yeah. And it, that was bad, but for different reasons. Different, the whole different right. societal reason. And also his approach with the baseball bat mm-hmm. and locking the – he locked the doors. By the way, he in locked my, the doors. I don't – this will date mm-hmm. me, just so, just so you guys are ready for this one. In my public schools – Never was a paddle used on anyone, sure. but they hung on the wall as a sort of threat. <laughs> and we heard urban legends about them. Mm-hmm. Again, not ever mm-hmm. used in my mm-hmm. public schools. And yeah. this is the 80s. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, yeah. I'm not super agent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that no, was a thing. That was, First through eighth grade when I was a kid, which is eons ago, I understand this. But this is still like the 80s, Catholic, uh, Catholic grade school. The nuns, they, they inflicted violence. Yeah. They were physical. That was, that was a real and thing. And it, it was too much. It was too much. But, you know, a little bit, just somewhere well, in the middle would we, be fine. And we're but parents all, didn't care. Parents we're didn't all care. just riding a pendulum, and it goes way too far to each side each time. It does. So maybe we'll be going back to this. This will blow your socks off, Vic. Are you ready yeah. for this paragraph? Yes. By the way, buried on um, page 8 of 12. One factor associated with more issues, the survey suggested, was how long a school was closed. Other research has shown similar findings. At schools close to in-person learning for a year and a half or more, three-quarters of the counselors said children were physically fighting more often compared with less than half at schools that were longer or that were open yeah. longer. <sighs> that's, that's happening. That's my Miss Piggy impression. <laughs> that was a very that was a, a snouty. It was a snouty sound. <laughs> yes, it was. That's good. That's how she feels when Kermit spurns her. But, but, as, you're, but as you're saying, you, you remember we were all told this was going to be great. Everything could work out. And 
what happened was kids were tuning out because they could turn the video off. Yes. And they're playing Xbox or playing Fortnite or doing well, whatever and, while you know this what is happening. Causes in school? that inability to concentrate and, and do critical critical thinking for more than ten minutes, a lot of online time. So yeah. what, even if they were deeply concentrating or trying to mm -hmm. on online school, what they were doing was torturing their brains with yeah. this thing that is yeah. actually terrible for helping yeah. you concentrate. As I know from an entire career of working on the internet and a totally fried right. brain at this point. Right. And That's I know, why I do this podcast. Just pick eight <laughs> topics and go. And can you imagine, very good, can you imagine for special needs remote learning? It was impossible. I, no. And I know this from talking to people, obviously. It just did not work. In Alexandria you know? City Public Schools, which is in our wise, wise area here. Yes, Which very. did so much good during yeah. the school, during the pandemic. In that district, I know a student who was... Uh, a fourth or fifth grader with special needs and her aide wanted to come to her house to help yeah, her during sure. the pandemic and she bad? was not allowed to do that she was told that that would violate her employment that's right uh requirements no it's ridiculous. to go and help a student in it's person absolutely ridiculous but you're seeing the effects now and it's going to be many years as we figure out the more there's just going to be more studies like this coming out as you will see well and again i think look there are experts who were right about the school closings, mm -hmm. right? I'm sure. not saying I'm not saying you only listen to parents, although parents were often more right than yeah. the unions then, and the school boards. Yeah. But do not for an instant trust the people who told you the school closings would be fine and Zoom school would be fine to fix the problem they caused. And that's what's going to happen in way too many areas. The unions are already saying, oh, well, let us tell you what we need yeah. to fix this problem. Yeah. And it's probably like three more weeks off so they can keep kids at school. Well, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mondays were off. It was administrative days. Every Monday, they had four days of school. So we need to trust Remote. other experts who have a who have a track record mm -hmm. of having said bravely mm -hmm. that kids should go back to school. Right. And maybe the parents who were correct about that. And people who are doing innovative things to solve these problems, the Harvard study that came out about the academic learning loss said, I believe the number was 24 weeks of learning yeah. that those who had been out for a year had lost. And that he, this is a guy who specializes in like learning loss and, mm -hmm. and testing what works and seeing what schools are using. He has never seen even the most high dose tutoring that can make up 24 weeks. I mean, yeah. he wrote in the Atlantic last week. So... Yeah. Good luck, everyone. But I would like to focus on those who are doing something innovative and interesting versus a bunch of people saying, give us a trillion dollars. We're totally going to fix yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. Trust us now. Yeah, but we got this, guys. In the next couple of weeks, Arlington County Schools, they, they, they administer their standards of learning tests to see where the kids stand. I um, love the SOL is the... It's literally the it's SOL. It's amazing. Right? It's so fitting. And then we'll see what the situation is, but I, I can't imagine it's going to be good. Well, there was the recent report also, which we have not covered on this show, very off-brand. There was the Virginia report from the Yunkin administration about schools lowering their standards in order to make it look like everybody sure. was achieving and how that's actually just very bad for students. So we'll I'll put that on the list for, yeah. for later this week, and we will get to that Excellent. one. Yeah. I have an issue with something Joe Biden said over the weekend. Just one thing? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I could pick a couple things. Yeah. But this one, Joe Biden has a way of, how should I put this, making up stories. Yeah. Right? Yes. And often they are either unverifiable or verifiably untrue. Yes. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to just being fact-check true. Yes. <laughs> it happened. This one, I, I don't like one bit. And uh, okay. I'll tell you about it. Let's I'm, hear it. 
On Friday, Joe Biden delivered the commencement speech to the graduating midshipmen of the Naval Academy. I actually heard good reviews from people who were there in person. Oh. It said it was basically a good speech. Okay. Just, a, just a minor quibble with this part. He told a story about himself, saying that he uh, was appointed to the Naval Academy in 1965. When you apply to the Naval Academy, you have to get an appointment from yeah. a senator and I believe your congressman, mm-hmm. there's a couple people who have to officially right. approve you. have to get you. the recommendation from members. You have the recommendation yeah. from mm-hmm. them. That's he said, he told a tale of applying to the Academy with a letter from then-Delaware Senator J. Caleb, Bo- Caleb Boggs. However, in 1965, Biden graduated from the University of Delaware, which would have made the timeline strange. He wouldn't have been going to the Naval Academy for grad school. They didn't have that then. No. And he also says... He says that the, re- the reason he told this story is because he later ran against that senator as a young man, because, yes. you know, he was very young when he was in the Senate, that he ran against this senator, and the senator brought it up in debates that had he taken his appointment to the Naval Academy, he wouldn't have to worry about this young whippersnapper right. trying to get his job. Funny. It seems like if there was actually a record of this debate and this man saying this, or actually a record of a senator appointing mm-hmm. Joe Biden to the Naval Academy, which is a big deal and something that you shouldn't fake. Yeah. We would have it. We do not have it. Before I begin my speech, a thought crossed my mind. As I was told, the class of 72 is here. I was appointed to the Academy in 1965 by a senator who I was running against in 1972. Never planned it that way. I was, wasn't old enough to be sworn in. I was only 29 years old when I was running. He was a fine man. His name was Jay Caleb Boggs. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star. And you had a guy named Starback and Bellino here. So I went to Delaware. So Mike, I have a question. Did he say, did this happen before he was arrested in South Africa during apartheid. I mean, I'm, I lose track. Now I understand. You know, this happens. Politicians do this, right? Ronald Reagan did this, talking about serving in, in World War II, and he didn't. I understand that it happens, but, but it happens to Biden more often than yeah. not. Yeah. And it also had been has been happening for quite some time. If you can go all the way back to the 1980s, right, when he plagiarized right. his, the Neil Kinnock speech, and that wasn't because memory was 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 failing him. Yeah. That was deliberate. No, that was in his prime. That was in his prime. So, I mean, he just knew he wanted I to just, use that story. Also, you're, you're standing in front of a bunch of people who have yeah. just mm-hmm. earned it. Yeah. They earned it. They did the hard work. Oh, my gosh. And for you to assert on Memorial Day weekend, yeah. on the upon the graduation of these midshipmen who have been through hell to get out of this program and go serve, mm-hmm. it's very, very, very tough work. To say that you kind of like, oh, I totes was in, I could have been in I the Naval Academy been. and, yeah. you know, but it's not really recorded. It's not right. No. That no. stuff should be real yes. for you to say it. That's right. That's like, that's like uh, me saying I could have also been a Top Gun pilot because I went to Civil Air Patrol. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you were just close enough. On I was, the I edge. Could have been. I could have been. Well, I mean, you know, had I decided to take the test, I'm sure I would have aced it. I haven't checked on, on, on TV yet, though, Mary Catherine. Has this been covered a lot? You know what? It seems that certain lies are important and other lies oh, are not. It's okay. usually based yeah. upon either the... It has something to do with the party ID of the person oh, involved. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, it's charming. You know, it's good old Joe. Yeah. Spinning, spinning his tail. Again, I am particularly sensitive about the military exaggerations. Yeah. Uh, Blumenthal yeah, is another one. Oh, Senator yeah. Blumenthal. In Connecticut. Also... You will get caught doing this. 
I don't understand why they... The military, for all the other things it does as well, it keeps the records. Mm -hmm. It keeps the records. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there should be a paper trail of this nomination. And should there, should one emerge, I will concede. But uh, again, and and we we rarely say this on the show, but what if it were a Republican? I know we rarely say that. I know, I know. It would go badly. It would go badly. Just a brief aside, and I don't want to step on the sub beacon because I'm sure you oh. guys are talking about Top Gun. Uh, yeah, it would be point. like an hour and a half special, um, probably. And you should you should sign up for the Patreon so you guys can listen oh, to the sub beacon. Are you into Top Gun, oh. Maverick? Oh, oh! Just oh. <laughs> use that sound effect. You find it intriguing as a oh, as oh, a movie? I, yeah, intriguing, and I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> the, the the female pilot is great. Yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer. Oh, you saw so you saw it as well. No, I have I have not seen it yet, but I found that. Maybe this is the pandemic effect on me. When this movie was announced, I was like, why are we doing this? Yeah, same. same. Why are we doing Don't this? Don't kill a classic. Yes, it's fi- it, it is great as yeah. is with all uh-huh. its cheesiness yeah. and all its yeah. uh, jingoism. What beautiful, poss- beautiful jingoism. What could you possibly say? Or what is the story so now? So I was like, what are we doing? And now coming out of the pandemic and oh. Tom Cruise and his great wisdom is like, we are not releasing this thing until there's a real world to release it into. And he was correct. And now I really want to go watch it in the theater, which doesn't have, happen very often. You today. have to see it in the theater. It is a movie for the moment. And all I will say is the one thing that I was thinking, like, eh, if only this, and they fixed it, is the Taiwanese flag is on his yes, bomber jacket. I was so glad to hear that. Yeah. They, they were, apparently, it came off at one point. Yeah, and they had was a big conflict with Tencent, one of the, on one of the uh, That's good. That's good. Studio American, partners. American studios should more often say, no. No, here's the finger. We're There's, not doing those things. The takeaway of the movie is more military spending. It's really, really what it was. And also, we need better planes. Well, I am looking forward to it. I also, you will love it. Steve I will also, love it. For, forever and ever, will love Val Kilmer. And I hear that that part is very touching. So, I won't even say anything. But so what I'm, happened was, like, the, I, suddenly the air got very dry in the theater, which yes. is why my eyes started tearing up. Obviously. obviously. Allergies. It's just a physiological thing. And pollen. Thing. In the theater. Another thing I love about that movie, and which I have not yet seen, <laughs> this, is, this is how pundits okay, do. I'm going to talk gonna about stuff I haven't me. seen, yeah. is that Jennifer Connelly oh. is a super hot and age-appropriate match for Tom yes, Cruise. Yes, yes, And I love it, not least of all, because she has dark hair and big eyebrows. And yeah. I aspired to be here from the time that she was in Labyrinth of circa 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was also in a good movie with Frank Whaley, and the, the poster was great of her. But the funny thing is, she had these enormous eyebrows, and now the at fi- now the crazy thing is, at 51, they're perfect. They're just right? magnificent. Right. I, I had her eyebrows until I took them out, which is a, it's a whole other it. thing. L- lessons for the listener. Don't pluck. Don't pluck your eyebrows. Don't, pluck your eyebrows. Don't do it, ladies. I'm going to tell my daughters, and then they're going to not listen to me because it's cut. it's important it. to it's important to buck your mother instead of mm. listening to her. So they're going to not listen mm-hmm. to me. I want, maybe I should reverse psychology that. Anyway, point being, Joe Biden, don't lie about being appointed. Right. These guys are amazing. <laughs> yes, you're not Top Gun. Don't star. try to equate. All righty. All right, we got to do a little bit of update on uh, Uvalde, yeah. which is yeah. terrible. Remains terrible and, and improbably continues to get worse as a story because what we have found out, and you know, this will not be news to you guys if you've been paying attention at all to the news, but since our last show, the theory that I floated was confirmed, which is that the local PD went into the, went into the school but did not enter the classroom or try to take out the shooter. Yeah. 
in opposition to basically every piece of training right. on active shooters in the entire world mm-hmm. and nation. Mm-hmm. They stood outside the room, told the BORTAC, which is the tactical team from the Border Patrol, also not to act. And the Border Patrol tactical team that went in ended up doing that against the wishes of the local PD, just saying, like, uh, your badges are not the boss of us and we're going to do what needs to be done. Thank goodness someone finally did, because it sounds like a mixture of like inexplicable decision making, fear and bureaucracy met up in this hallway and kept yeah. children in this room actively calling 911. Please for some, send someone in. For some many, yeah. many minutes. I think the total timeline is 78 minutes. It's insane. It's inexcusable. You know, they always say every second counts. Now imagine that minutes and then an hour. That's uh, horrifying. A lot of, though, well, the first thing that came up to my mind is clearly, I mean, it's a small town. They've never had an experience. The, the police have never, I don't know if they've ever trained for it, but clearly they've never they, had an well, experience for this. Yes, the experience part, true. They did have training mm. for it about two months before this is that incident. Right? And again, yeah. the basic rules are, even if you're the first one on the scene, even if you're by yourself, yeah. the primary objective is to stop yeah. the shooter. Right. And to do it, yes, sometimes uh-huh. at the cost of your own life. Right. And that, and, that is yeah. the hard truth, right. is that that is part of your job, and it's to go in there and do the thing. And it right. takes a lot of bravery. And look, you're always going to get people who don't react that way in a sure. situation. But I would have thought that among 19, yeah. there would have been a different. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. That's right. I, so, I mean, there's lots of talk now. Everyone's demanding all sorts of reform. Obviously, the big thing that a lot of people are talking about is... You know, that, that this, the shooter should not have been able to purchase this gun at right. his age or that the gun itself is is something that should be banned. And I know, like, for example, Kamala Harris is talking about it as an assault an assault weapon. And an assault weapon is a weapon of war. It is, right. That does not actually well, there, mean yeah. anything. Yeah, right? so, there's the, so there's the initial horrible, horrible, horrible incident. And our prayers remain with those yeah. who are affected because it's—, it's I, and many of us do if you've ever experienced loss or grief, but the I've experienced somebody sort of disappearing from the face of the earth very unexpectedly, very sure. quickly, and sort of how that, how that changes a family dynamic and your, and everybody's lives around that person for 20, what 19 total, or is it mm-hmm. 19 kids and tw- two, two adults? Teachers, yeah. So 21 people yeah, 21. in a tiny, tiny town to be taken out of it. I just, the, the, the damage from that is... And, and that's the thing with the police. I mean, this could have been stopped earlier in well and here's one thing i do appreciate the administration changing its take on this because originally again inexplicably the early take from the biden administration was no we don't need to investigate this but i believe they have changed their minds and so there will be an investigation of the response to this from which i mean it's cold comfort but we could learn for other incidents and there's no doubt that governor abbott is in a state about this as well now so then there's the discussion about the policy after the fact, which we always have to have. And yes, to your point, one of the things on the table that I think some, even some gun owners would say, okay, 18 to 21, do we think about that part of the segment of the population Mm -hmm. and whether that is appropriate or what we can do about that? Again, the Second Amendment remains a hard fact that you have to legislate within the bounds of, which Mm -hmm. is what becomes tricky. I would note Although I'm not, I, I, again, this is a thing that I would listen to, mm-hmm. right? I want to know that there's due process for these 18 to 21-year-olds. They sure. are adults, and p- depriving them of their constitutional rights is 
not a thing we should do blithely. I would note that just last week, maybe two weeks ago, a U.S. appeals court ruled that California's ban on the sale of semi-automatic weapons to adults under 21 is unconstitutional. This is the ninth U.S. Circuit of Appeals, yeah. the San Francisco-based. Pretty liberal. Yes. And one of the judges said that a San Diego judge should have blocked what it called an almost total ban on semiotic centerfire rifles for young adults. America could not exist without the heroism of young adults who fought and died in our revolutionary army. Judge Ryan Nelson wrote, today we reaffirm that our Constitution still protects the right that enabled their sacrifice, the right of young adults to keep and bear arms. But I do think the gun gun controllers, who, by the way, have changed their terminolo- terminology to gun safety, and the press is like, sure, we'll use that much oh, more yeah. friendly term. I noticed that. The, the gun controller's argument is, well, 18 to 20 is where a lot of these, the age shooters. range of these shooters are. And several of them, not all of them, many of them have gotten them other ways. Several of them have waited till they were legal to buy mm-hmm. the firearm. Mm-hmm. So, look, I don't know how you get around the constitutional issue. And is there a way that you 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 make a few more checks for mm-hmm. 18 to 21 mm-hmm. or a, a guardian has to be involved right. in that decision? I don't know. But that's... I, I think the, the other frustrating thing, of course, is the conversation. If you're following it in the media, yeah. it gets pretty frustrating. And our friend Steve Gutowski yes. over at the uh, Reload. He's, yes, the, he writes... An, Newsletter called The Reload used to be at the Free Beacon, focuses ex- exclusively on, on Second Amendment news. Uh-huh. Uh, great reporter, very knowledgeable. And yeah. I am glad that media turns to him. He had, yeah. that, that is, a, that is a, a gain for media, yeah. that they actually are paying attention yeah. to him because he knows what he's talking about. Unlike so much of media, <laughs> don't know anything about guns and, in fact, are proud that they know nothing about guns. That's like a feather in their cap. They're like, well, it would be gross to know about guns, so... Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this without knowing anything. So he's on CNN, and he has a great comment about just the general ignorance in media. I always rely on you for coverage of gun issues. What does the rest of the media need to do differently? Or what should we do to be better when covering this this beat, this issue? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think the very base level, we need uh, better literacy of, about guns, about our gun laws, how they work, uh, about the gun politics, why People oppose these sorts of restrictions that you often hear called for in the media. I don't think that there is a, even a base level of knowledge that that uh, we have in our industry, and and I think a large part of that is not just uh, you know bias that people uh, talk about. Uh, that is an issue, but mainly there's no beat. Nobody covers this in our industry uh, on a regular basis. It's it's not something that's prioritized, and so. When there are events that happen like this, what you get is reporters who are general assignment reporters who don't have knowledge on the subject, and that's where mistakes get made constantly. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, of course, I'm not talking about you needing an expert level uh, of uh, education to comment on firearms. I think what we have uh, issue in, in our industry is that we don't very, very rarely have even a base level, even an understanding of the difference between semi-automatic and automatic, and these things matter significantly when you're trying to discuss policy uh, responses to this and trying to explain to the audience what they would actually do and, and what the impact would really be. He goes on to say that they don't even know the difference between semi-automatic and automatic, which That's is exactly right. 100% true. Yeah. That to, to most reporters, those words are the same. Yeah. And they're not the same. No. They're very different. So I appreciate Gutowski attempting to educate out there because right. it is important. If you want to regulate something, you do need to know about the thing you're regulating and about the laws that are on the books. 
in a perfect world. Mm. <laughs> but it does remind me that there needs to be more education. Steve would be the ideal person for this, obviously, because he knows so much. But it does remind me there is a, a, the religious equivalent of this. The late Mike Cromarty, who used to run the Faith Angle Forum, you know, and he, uh, the whole thing was about, his whole thing was about bringing journalists into the fold who would be writing about or dealing with, at some point in time, religious issues in the news, but had, in fact, not a lot of knowledge of religion. And one of the running... Have you met a religious person? Right. No. And and, and it was, he said that it'd be, this was a really true, this really happened, which was there'd be references to the letters of St. Paul and a journalist from a prominent publication after the discussion said, well, you know, now where can I find these letters? Like this Paul. So, you know, there, but, but it is like that with yeah. guns. It is. And the idea, because the AR-15, it looks like an M-16. I think probably a lot of people think it's a machine gun. Right. You know. They do. And they, and they keep themselves in this bubble that tells yeah. them that that's the case. It, so. But these are very different. And it matters for the laws. I saw a lot of Canada envy oh, boy. this week because Canada is moving very quickly to get rid of a ton of guns in that country, which Alberta can't be super excited about. That's sort of the right-leaning. Out there. Uh, yeah. Saskatchewan, right. that's Manitoba. The, that, that's the sort of the America of Canada. Yes, it is. So here's from, from Trudeau. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. The law introduced on Monday fulfills a pledge made by Mr. Trudeau last year to force owners of military-style rifles to turn them in for destruction. Mr. Trudeau's proposal will allow some exemptions, but those weapons must be modified by the government to make them permanently inoperable. Okay, that doesn't really sound like an exemption. Here's my My favorite is this next paragraph, though. There is, though, no legal definition of a military-style assault weapon. Mr. Trudeau said the government would seek to come up with one that could not be easily circumvented by gunmakers. Again, maybe perhaps that was something you could have done yesterday. I don't know. Before before the proposal of the law. How? How do they plan to get people to turn in their guns other than goodwill, if you will? Is it, is there, if there's a gun registry, I imagine in Canada, that's one way. But otherwise, I mean, then they'll come knocking on your door. I mean, this is like... So for, there, there was yeah. a registry in Canada at some point. Uh-huh. Uh, a conservative government then closed it. It was plagued with technical problems, mm-hmm. and it was deeply unpopular yeah, in rural sure. areas, as is yeah. going to be the case with all of this. But again, Canada can do things that we cannot because they don't have protections that no. we have from the government. So, for instance, with the protesters... The Canadian government could go around freezing bank accounts of people who objected to the policies of the government. And we, thankfully, uh, do not give that power to our government. Same with guns. They are able to take things out of people's hands that our Second Amendment does not allow the government to do to us. I think uh, the important thing for Trudeau here is the optics, because you have to be seen as doing something. And that's doing something. I mean, well, but, it's, a, but it's a move. It's for a move, sure. but I, I don't. I don't see this actually getting through. I don't think. I I do not claim to know enough about uh, Canadian politics to know exactly how this is going to go down. But it is a uh, ambitious, just we, as the sort of First Amendment crackdown was. Obviously, they don't have an amendment, but you know what I'm saying on we, speech. Yes, we have a good friend who is a listener to the show and who works with uh, 
prominent member of the Canadian Parliament. I will turn to him and uh, let you know on a future episode what he thinks about Getting this. hammered investigate. Getting hammered investigate. After the fact, after we've first talked about it, then we're going <laughs> to... That's how we do it. That's how we're going to do it. All right. So listen to Gutowski. You can subscribe to The Reload. He will He will yep. keep you informed of these things. And then one, one last story. Some, someone yes. decided over in San Francisco that he was woke for half a second and then decided that that wokeness was too much for Memorial Day. This is uh, Gabe Kapler of the, is he the manager of the San Francisco, San Francisco, Francisco Giants? Giants? Yes. Uh, he had announced that because of this, the, the guns in America and the, the problems that we have, that he would not be emerging for the national anthem anymore at games. To take, he's taking a principled stand. Yes, except then Memorial Day came along. On May 27th, Kavler announced on his website, Cap Lifestyle, that he had a lot of misgivings about the direction of our country in the wake of the terrible shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Apparently those misgivings extended the national anthem. So to remove himself from what he calls a self-congratulatory glorification of the country, he decided to sidestep the national anthem altogether and remain in the locker room until the pregame ritual was over. Well, either Kavler has come to his senses or his PR people have convinced him to table the protest for Memorial Day because he once again taken to his blog to recant on the decision to protest the anthem, at least for this game. Did, did somebody explain uh, to him what Memorial Day is and <sighs> that it's a sort of a day of remembering the fallen though, and that somehow is I, I feel bad. like someone tapped him on the shoulder yeah. and was like, this is going to not go over well. He said, uh, while I believe strongly in the right to protest and the importance of doing so, I also believe strongly in honoring and mourning our country's servicemen and women who fought and died for that right. right. So he did. This was, this was not National Gun Day. This was <laughs> Memorial Day. I was going to ask. I have it actually written here. I said, what, what, was it soul searching? Is that what? Yeah, what, we did some soul searching, searching in between. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's bad even, it, when you're, you know, it's bad when even in San Francisco, he thought that was a bad idea. I know, I know. So, you know. So, you know, the school board lost too. So, you know, there's only, there's, they That's have their true. limits. That's true. They Although they limits. did remove the word chief. I saw that. Yeah, because, you know, it's offensive to uh, Native Americans except Sorry. for chief, you know. It didn't as we, come from As we from like French, chef. Right in the Germans as chef as well, meaning meaning boss. When you met, when you sent that story over about Gabe Cap, Gabe Kapler, I thought you said I thought it was Gabe Kaplan who played Welcome Back, Welcome Back <laughs> Cotter, Mr. No. Cotter. So no. Mr. Cotter's not coming out. Mr. For, Cotter, yeah, come on. Ooh, 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 ooh. Very good. That's that's your that's your Horseshack impression. Thank you. For those of us of a certain age. Very, I don't know how many listeners will get that reference. Yeah. Mr. It's, it's, Mr. It's Katera, a Mr. Katera. Our, our, our younger yeah, Colin, producer over Colin here is like, is, he's like, no, no, no he's idea. He's shaking his no. He's saying no. He's saying no. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, we'll work man. on that. It's fine. We'll, we'll get you some reruns to okay. watch. Uh, I do want to give a, a, a call out. You yes. know? So over the weekend, I, I had gone to my friend Todd Paladino's 50th birthday and told some of the guests of our amazing podcast. So uh, I'm not sure who was tuning in, but I did want to welcome uh, two new listeners. Sumeroni and Rich Covey, realtors. I'm giving a free plug, by the way. Love it. Realtors known as the Jersey Shore Dream Team. And listeners who use a special code, Getting Hammered, will have all their realtor fees waived. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not real. I'm kidding. If she's listening, she's having a heart attack right now. But I will say this. If you do end up buying or selling a house through the Jersey Shore Dream Team, I expect a cut. Yeah, I there you go. I think it's only fair. Vic, Vic deserves it. Thank you. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am Mary Catherine Ham. You can find me at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. And I also was appointed to the U.S. Naval Academy. That's not true. I was not. 
Don't tell people that. But you could have. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>